Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I wanted to start out today with um, a little thought he was giving me today. You know, when when you go to get married, um, there's a law in the land to be legally married. You have to be married by a representative who's been given authority to marry you. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, one of the things they say is they say, by the power vested in me by the state of wherever they're from. I now pronounce or I now tell you who you are. You came in here unwed, just two single entities. But then someone granted, oh, it's getting better. Someone granted you, but now it's just real quiet, right? I can talk louder though. Someone granted you the power, whoever the official is, right? Granted you the power to pronounce something because you have what? You have authority. So let's use that little analogy today when we're talking about prayer. Because last week we talked about what the name means. The name of Jesus is not just a name. It actually comes with a package deal. It's It's when you become more aware of who Jesus is and what position God made him then you operate with that authority. You have the authority, but it's our ability to operate within the authority is is where we're maturing. Is that less offensive? (laughs) And one of the things that God was telling me was that we need to adjust whatever is within us that is reluctant for correction. In fact, when I woke up this morning, I heard the word admonition. Do you know what that word means? It means a strong rebuke. But see, we're we're nervous about that because why? We're all nervous about it for different reasons. Instead, I think we should change the definition in our mind to, wow, God the Father loves me so much that when I'm operating outside my design, His first little nudge isn't harsh. If we've gotten to the admonition stage, we've overridden all the nudges that were were pre-admonition stage. So if I get to add, would you, can we agree on that? So if I've gotten to the stronger stage, right? I had counseling this week with someone, a cleric, and I was strong with them. And they thanked me afterwards. But while it was going on, they were strong. So I just met up with their strength. Of course, they're feeling not strong in the moment. They're feeling like, oh, maybe they're having a feel sorry for me party. 
Extroverts are good at that, right? Come on, extroverts, play with me a little bit. And so by the time we get to the strong stage, there's been a lot of other words that were used that we just didn't even really hear, right? You know, one of the things that we have to remember, you know, that we as certain personality type personality types hear words differently. But the words are still the same words. So what makes us hear it different is what? Uh It's the filter over our heart. Everybody's heart has a filter. This is my commercial for boundaries of your soul. Everybody's heart has a filter that we're trying to identify and eliminate. You don't want to hang on to these. So part of my job is to hunt out ways to identify what has been hidden in your heart. And see, we interact about those differently. If I could come to you and say, hey, you know, like on Wednesday night, I had some of those really cool ones. Let me read a couple of them. A couple of them. How many did their little test already? Very cool. I scored a 10. Did you score a 10? No. Anybody score an 8? Yeah. So see, the thing of it is, is it doesn't really matter what your score is. I would just go to my people that are around me and I would say, do you ever see me being a victim? Because see, you took the test. And you're the only one that was judging how good you did the test. That's why I said I set you up that way. The score is irrelevant. It's how the people around you. This is about relational tools. And so, if you see somebody doing this, it it is you are blind to it. It's like bad breath. You are blind to a lot of these ways that you interact with people. I hear them all the time. We're blaming and avoiding and denying all the time, right? So really, I just, I really hope that you will realize that in this process, we're just identifying the way that you interact when things aren't going good for you, when you want somebody to meet your needs. You know, just think about, I have a dream. (sighs) In this dream, we would just all be sincere and authentic you know it's weird but i love to be authentic i'm i'm i think pam would tell you i'm pretty authentic i am i say what i mean but you know sometimes when you're interacting with other people they may think you're doing something that someone did to them before have you ever had that happen that's a weird feeling isn't it And see, all these ways that we're identifying are things, the Holy Spirit showed me this morning that there are things in our soul because God breathed, He told me this morning before they even sang any of this, and I didn't tell them any of this, that we are a living soul. What did He breathe into? He breathed in and made your soul come alive. When we've suppressed emotions or we don't use emotions appropriately, we are not living 
in that place. So he originally designed you as a living soul. We agree with that. So any place I'm not operating authentically as a living soul, then I've been hurt or injured or some other thing. So we're identifying those now for you to want to look at them. And then once we look at them, we want to change them. We don't want to continue to put on other people what someone else did to us. And a lot of y'all do that really easily. And it's hard to tell yourself, wow, that's really not even what's going on right now. Right? Right? Because we're just reacting. So I just really want to encourage you to stay in the game with me. Okay? (laughs) So the other thing I want to talk about today is we're, I made a little slide that we're going to be starting this 21-day fast. And I really want to... um, Make it a food fast. So I know some of you can't maybe fast, uh, you know, 21 days with no food, you know. But can you at least do a meal or a snack or something adventurous like a Dr. Pepper or a coffee or every day? You know, let's just try to push ourselves a little bit to the limit even a scary version of it. God will sustain us. But I'm really wanting to, to, to focus on, you know, one of the things that happens within our soul when we're hungry is what? We, our body reacts trying to tell it, knock on the door, hey, you need something. And so some of us have learned if I don't have that something, I might die. Right? I mean, if you've watched Survivor, you know, you know you can go a long time, right? So I'm trying to challenge this a little bit. Um, And then every day at noon, every single day at noon, Monday through Friday, we're going to have Zoom prayer for anybody that can join us again for 30 minutes. I just really want to encourage you, especially if you live in a hub, you know, I think it's really important that we all join together and pray as much as possible. Yeah. For the next 21 days, it's about praying as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that fasting does is it gives you a little extra time. All those times you were meant prepping for food and all that gives you a little extra time. And won't you try to join together in unity with people in your house and kind of do it on the same page instead of being all independent? Yes. Yeah. If you can. I know it's a really big ask. I was reading this thing today, and this is what I think goes along with it. I've been sensing an invitation from the Lord. This I didn't write this. Him asking us to seek Him. When the Son of Man returns, He will be looking for faith. Jesus is looking for people who are looking for Him. I cannot shake this feeling that we are being drawn into something very close to His heart. He desires to share secrets with his friends, and we are being wooed for that reason. I love passion. I'm a zealous one, but I feel him asking for my faith. Will I pursue him before I feel to? Will I pursue him just because I love him? Or how, or, oh, sorry. 
Oh, how we love him. That ore didn't fit there. We are being invited into a deeper place with Jesus. He is welcoming us into his heart. The Holy Spirit is here and present to reveal a new thing. He is inviting us to lay down the form we know, the things we've already learned about him, to discover the more. There's so much more. So that's kind of one of the things that I feel like he's really wanting us to move toward. Um, and in light of that, I am going to talk today. I woke up the other day and, or maybe it was during the middle of the night. I can't remember now, but, um, I kept hearing him say, you have not because you asked not just over and over and over and over and over and over. And the very next, next statement was, ask him what to ask for and i i made this little slide and we're going to talk about this today so this is kind of going to be our focus for the next 21 days it's literally we practiced this yesterday to literally ask him so let's let's look at a couple of scriptures and let's replace the way you know didn't you learn it like let's read james 4 there i've got it up on the slide James 4, let's just start, let's just start at verse 1, why not, right? I want to read it in the voice to start out with. Where do you think your fighting and endless conflicts come from? Don't you love how he just starts that way? Don't you think they originate in the constant pursuit of, of gratification that rages within each one of you like an uncontrolled militia. This is the antidote to ever fighting again. Don't you think, don't you love that the Bible has that? You crave something that you do not possess, so you murder to get it. You desire the things you cannot earn, so you sue others and fight for what you want. You do not have because you have chosen not to ask. And when you do ask, you still do not get what you want because your motives are all wrong. Because you continue to focus on self-indulgences. So let's use this thing that he told me. So now he's talking about us asking him something. And I don't know about you, but I like to be successful. You know, if I find a way that something works, I like to repeat that, right? So I'm, I was thinking, well, this is really wisdom from God that let's just ask God what to ask God for. Have you ever thought about it that way? Have you ever thought, well, let me change my asking to just what I can conjure up on my own. Let me figure out. On my own, what I need, what I want, and maybe formulate it in the best possible. That's what we do. We're like, man, if I just say it just right, if I just have my heart just right, if I just love just right. We got all these stipulations when I think the 100% success of prayer would be if I just ask him what to pray and I prayed it. Let's read it in another version. Wanna? Love to. Let's read in the message. Where do you think all these appalling wars 
and quarrels. War sounds a little bigger, doesn't it now? We can we can relate to war. War's going on in other places, right? Remember what I said yesterday is that 9-11 represents what happened from without. And if we're not careful, see, that's what happens a lot of times. I see this a lot, especially in marriages. When something happens from someone outside the marriage and we don't deal with it well, then within the marriage, we begin to infight. That's kind of what's going on now. You know, we were all skipping along 20 years ago. I remember where I was when I heard about the airplane crashing in and then another airplane. And then, I mean, it was like, wait, how many airplanes and who are these people that have all these airplanes? You know, at first, you remember, I don't know if y'all know where you were, but I remember where I was and I remember thinking, wow, how weird that they flew so close to the building that I really thought it was just accidental. But it just kept going on and on. I remember Pam and I were actually driving down Hefner Parkway close to the airport. And all of a sudden, every white car ever known to man was going 100 miles an hour past us. We didn't know which way they were going, why they were going, nothing. And Do you remember that day? Anybody remember that day? And so what happened was... I believe we we didn't know what to do with that. It just made us all afraid. You know what fear does? It makes you make crazy decisions, doesn't it? Yes. You know, this. even in this book that I'm reading, this Boundaries for the Soul, she, I think she made the statement that you have to have fear to have courage, and I just took that out of my notes because I don't believe that. We, we've already learned about fear, right? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. See, we can't be tolerant... Of things within us when the whole see that's the cool part of this deal is that God Jesus and the Holy Spirit live within you but you have freedom to also allow things within you I just really don't want to crowd him he needs lots of room to operate he needs lots of it's for freedom he said is free so let's don't what I see us doing sometimes is we keep re-engaging with old ways that he's moved past they might have been good. They might have been for a season. But if he's moved on and you're still engaging in old ways, it'll become a burden to you. So where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do, do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your way, your own way, and you fight for it and deep inside yourself. Where does that sound like that's at? That's down in your soul. Does anybody feel like, you don't have to raise your hand. Does anybody feel like they war with their own soul? Like you actually, I love what's going to happen, I believe, for you in this book, is that you're going to discover which things like to actually befriend. Like we have pushed our stuff from our soul so far away, we don't know if it's good or bad anymore. We're like whipping something over there. We're supposed to probably be inviting in for some conversations and we put something else over on the shelf that probably needs to be kicked out. Yes. We don't have any idea. Yeah. Right? right? It says you lust for what you don't have and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and you'll risk, risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to have. Your spoiled children, each wanting your own way. 
You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with every world, flirting with the world every chance you get, you'll end up enemies of God and His way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The Proverbs says that He is a fiercely jealous lover. And what He gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. Isn't that good? Let's read it in the Amplified. What leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do they not come from your own hedonistic desires that rage war? Oh, that was good. In your bodily members fighting for control over you. You're jealous and covet what others have. And your lust goes unfulfilled. So you murder. Does that mess y'all up? Sometimes we murder ourselves. Trying to get that thing to die. Right? See, what's cool, I love Danny Silk today. He, he threw down this little slide. It says, um, come on, you can do it. I think I put it on my phone. There it is. The devil knows your name, but calls you by your sin. God knows your sins, but calls you by your name. Which one do you remember most? You are envious and cannot obtain the object of your envy, so you fight in battle. Isn't that interesting? So before I fight with you, I'm fighting in here. Right? Now remember, this is all a precursor. From James the love slave about how to ask God for stuff. It's just like last week, we, we can't surrender to fear. So this week, we can't have all of this hidden motive within us because then my asking looks different. Right? Agreed? You ask God for something, verse 3, and you do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of your own selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda, so that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your own hedonistic desires. You adulterous, disloyal sinners flirting with the world and breaking your vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend, that is, loving the things of the world, is being God's enemy? So, one of the things I think that God wants to do in this 21-day fast, which is really, really important, is He loves to sort out all the things within us that aren't Him. See, keep in mind that I'm not going to preach on fasting today, but, but God ordained it for a reason, right? And remember, one of the things He said, well, don't, don't go acting around all sad sack. Yeah, right. tell, you know, one of the things we love to do is tell everybody what meals we missed and what we did. We like to tell. <laughs> we like to tell about what we did, right? When God's really trying to work something out in us, and so keep in, Just listen to my words. They keep in mind that when you fast, other things come up. 
that's in, that's important because you're 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 supposedly praying more, yeah. right? And so today I feel like he, one of the things that he was telling me is that he really wants to redefine our ask. And so one, so the next thought I had when he was telling me that, and y'all can read James, the rest of James 4 and read it in the Passion because you know it's good in there, um, was um, when this scripture came to me. Let's jump over there real quick. It's 1 Peter 2. Verse 15, I am going to read that in the Passion Version. First Peter's, First Peter 2 is good, okay? So y'all can... Yeah. It says, For it is God's will for you to silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what's right. Now, in the, in the Amplified, it says, um, For it is the will of God that by doing right you may silence muzzle or gag the culpable ignorance and irresponsible criticisms of foolish people. So when I was thinking about it was, isn't it true that if I'm asking God what to ask, then I would be wanting to do his will, right? We, that's the, that's, that's the disciples prayer, right? Not, my will, but well, what is his will? This is, he just says it. The will of God, verse 15. The will of God is that by doing right, how do I do right? I know what to do. How do I know what to do? I ask. You know, that's, that's the interesting part is that where did we learn not to ask? Like, it's really common in here and other places that we just do things on our own without asking. Yeah. And then we later say, how'd I do? Right? Depending on the scope of that decision. You know, if you're just saying, hey, I went to Chick-fil-A today. They're not open today, but I went to Chick-fil-A today and I had, you know, fried chicken instead of grilled and I'm trying to lose weight then that that's an easy decision to see well one just has more calories so then you'll have to adjust on the backside it's just just an analogy but it there's nothing wrong with the decision it depends on the goal right right so see I'm trying to say what's the goal of life I feel like the goal of life is to do his will because doing his will brings everything else. Yes. Favor, yeah. abundance, inheritance, relationship. It's all the things I do outside his will. Yes. Yeah. Listen to me. All the things that I do outside his will, those don't carry with it the same thing everything I do under his will. Okay. And see, the weird thing about God's will is one person could do one thing. And that be the will of God. <laughs> and the other person do it and that not be the will of God. Now you can say it's a mean God or you can say he's relational. See, when I make everything relational, 
then I have to be snugged up to somebody at some level, some way. I have to know them. Remember the no word? Remember he said that you could cast out demons and heal the sick, and I never knew you. What the? How in the world can that be possible? How can someone be healing the sick and God say to them, I never knew you? That doesn't make any sense to us because we're not really good at healing the sick, right? So, right. No, I mean, really, we're thinking, well, if I see somebody and they're good at healing the sick, they must have something I don't have. I mean, I kind of feel like it means you can heal the sick and not actually be in God's will. I don't want to mess you up too bad. See, I believe the human body has a capability of healing itself. It's not necessarily that I knew him. I bet a sinner could cut their finger and it would heal tomorrow. Is that easier? Nobody's following me. Y'all are looking at me like calf at a new gate. Bill said that you don't hang me when you don't know what I'm talking about. See, there's some things, the goal isn't to be able to achieve a bunch of stuff that looks godly. I'm just telling you, the goal is to be moved at the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That everything's yielded within you. And so... God is so good at helping us see what's in the way of the thing he made us to do. He made us to yield. He made us to move at the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's his desire. In him, I move and breathe and have my being. That's what we sang about today. The breath of God, it does two things. It fills me with the power to live. And it blows away debris at the same time. So if you think about it, let's read this again. For it's the will of God that by doing right, you silence, you muzzle, you gag. The culpable, what's culpable mean? Does anybody know what culpable means? It's to blame. Who's to blame for the ignorance and irresponsibility of criticism of foolish people? Have you ever been criticized? Yes. How many still hear the criticism, but they're not around? Let's be honest. You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you still hear the criticism when you look in the mirror? If you had a mom who griped about her body shape, who griped about yours, you still hear it. Agreed? Yes. Guys, if you had a dad, probably something sexual, you know, just run amok sexual. When you look at women, that's how guys get involved in pornography. It's because they were taught when you look at women, that's something to be wanted. That's, they, that is, that's not God's, none of these things are God's design. Yes. So see, the truth of it is, Doing God's will, doing what's right, silences the criticism. To the degree 
that you learn his will and you do it every day, every second, every moment that causes you to stand in a place where all those other words fall to the wayside. Yes. I propose to you that most of us spend more time battling with all these words of people who aren't even around anymore. Yeah. They may be your own. I promise you that you were taught to criticize you. You didn't come from heaven that way. It was modeled to you. Do you agree? And see, it's against God. And so he's trying to say the thing that's stopping you, the thing that's keeping you from being, well, you you know, when you think of those things, well, I'm working on, I've heard this several times this week. Well, right now I'm working on, they're working on the thing to overcome what someone said about them. That they actually agreed with for some period of time. I'm, telling, I'm just telling you the truth. I've agreed with it for some period of time. And so I use my spiritual attributes to counteract that criticism. And I learned a way to operate in life. And that was never the way I was supposed to use my spiritual gift. Wow. And so we have to learn to put that to side. To, we have to learn to silence that. Have you had something yet that you thought about yourself for a long time it was, it's, and it's a miserable thing and you've kind of sort of figured out, well, maybe it's not even really true about me. Anybody? That's a good feeling, isn't it? Just think of all the things. See, all the criticism against you were someone not operating in the will of God. So then they said things about you. Most generally, I think our parents, a lot of parents, try to keep us from not doing what they hate about them. But they never changed it. They either hid it or they lived life so small their head never touched it again. They just kept getting lower. That's how sickness occurs. Because verse 16 says, live as free people. But don't use your freedom to cover up. Don't you love this verse? Let's read it in the Passion, shall we? It says, for it is God's will for you to silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what is right. As God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom and never use your freedom to cover up for evil. So as God's servants, is that what you are? How do you know? Y'all said yes real quick. How do you know? Remember, he had, an amen, he had a yes, and you had a what? Amen. What does amen mean? Let it be done. So be it, right? So we're God's servants. We're God's loving servants. That word is a better way to say it is, I am meant to serve at his pleasure. The weird thing about doing God's will is it's, it has a huge payoff for you. Isn't that interesting? 
See, since God is a designer, then he designed your ability to know him. It's your number one thing. When you came to Jesus, you, you now know him. But there's so much more. Just the knowing him, it's, it's kind of almost the difference of knowing of someone and actually getting to live with them. And so he gave us this capability then to do his will. But I propose that we spend little time knowing his will. We agree that we need to. We say, not my will, your will. What is his will? So I mean, this, this is the very first scripture that I'm talking about today, about what his will is. His will is what? That you do right. It's in you you doing right. I'm surely you can see this. It's in your doing right that you feel so much better about you. And the things that people used to say about you get further away from you. Let's just use an example. Let's just say that you're in debt and you go out and buy a hot tub. When you're in the hot tub, you're thinking, I can't really afford this. Yeah. Yeah. this you bought something to enjoy. Let's yeah. make it smaller. Yeah. You're in debt. You want a pair of shoes. While you're wearing the shoes, you know, when you look at them, you know, I really can't enjoy these because I really can't afford them. Let's get smaller. Every day when you go to Starbucks, you're in debt. You're trying to get out of debt. While you're drinking, while you're in the drive-thru. You had some stars available and you thought, well, I'll just get a half price. I'll go at happy hour. While you're in the drive-thru, you're thinking, I can't really afford this. Whose voice is that? It's the will of God. The will of God is saying, no, baby, not now. You're not even going to be able to enjoy. You're not going to be able to silence the criticism by your own choice. Live as free people. When I look up this word will, it's T-H-E-L-E-M-A. Let's just call it Thelma, okay? Thelma. It says it's the purpose of God to bless mankind. That's Thelma, his will. What God wishes to be done by us. Do you understand? (laughs) His will on earth isn't for him. See, God, this is what you have to understand. The coolest plan of God, he set everything up to reward you. He wants to reward you in your mind. That's where it starts. When I'm buying that coffee and I can't afford it, my mind is not at peace. 
When I'm sitting in that hot tub and I can't afford it, my mind is not at peace. It starts here. When I begin to say, well, if I just learn what he wishes me to do, I operate within his will and it has the power. He's telling us doing the will of God has the power to silence all the foolishness that comes against you. Why is criticism so powerful? And see, listen, if I will change this one thing, then when someone comes to tweak what I'm doing, I don't get so easily offended because they're trying to help me discover the will. See, when I already got so many criticisms going on, you're just another voice in a line of criticizers. I avoid letting you know anything that I know the will said wasn't good because I don't want to hear another criticism because what I'm doing didn't silence it. Are you following me? I love this other definition. It says it's his will. His will is his will. That seems clear, right? Isn't it cool he gave you a will? He gave you a will just like his will. So his will means choices, inclinations, desires, and pleasures. See, what we did, we've exchanged his will that would bring me pleasure for my soul's will, which brings brings it pleasure, but only for a second. Why things we do turn into greater problems. When not controlling things we desire turn into bigger problems, more expensive problems. Let's read First Thessalonians five, shall we? Where are you? There you are. Um, let's start with. Gosh, it's so good, isn't it? Don't you want to read the whole thing? Let's just start with 16. Y'all can read the rest later, right? Did I tell you first the the Thessalonians? Thessalonians 5. In the Amplified, it says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. What is prayer? Told you earlier, communication with God. Let's change prayer from being just asking for a bunch of stuff I want. Saying a bunch of stuff I'm afraid of. To a conversation with God. I like to start like this usually every day. Jesus, I just love you so much. And what's on your heart today? We can add, what do you want me to ask you about today? Can, can, do you think you can make this huge leap? <laughs> yes. I'd like to ask you what you want me to ask you today. Yes. It's a conversation. It says, in every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God. Here's another place. It's telling us about the will of God. 
Let's read it in our favorite, shall we? The Passion. Let joy be your continual feast. So, remember what Bill said the other day. He sets a table, a buffet table, in the presence of your enemies. These criticizers, these guys, they're, they're your enemies. So he sets a buffet down. Just think right now, what is your greatest thing that has been criticized about you? Maybe you've learned to hate it about you too. In the middle of that, he's got a buffet table filled with all good things. His joy, his pleasures forevermore, all the ways that he wants to love on you. It's an abundance sitting right there. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Are you hearing me? Let your let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. Make your life a conversation with God. Surely by now we don't just go, oh God, Father in heaven. I need help today. Surely we're not doing that, right? We need rent today. Surely we're not doing that, right? Right? And in the middle of everything, this is a key to His will. In the middle of everything, always be thankful. Always give Him thanks. Have you learned to do it when stuff's rough? Stuff's not going good? It's a hard one, isn't it? It's so much easier when things are going good. And we got that raise, and you're like, woo-hoo-hoo! You know, we got a, Pam got a letter from the IRS yesterday, and she owes some money, she don't even know it. Anyway, it's not much. But, you know, it's a woo-hoo! Right? It's always a test for Lynn with the IRS. It just cracks me up. And everything, in the midst of everything, always give thanks. For this is God's perfect plan. Do you like that? It's another word for will. Perfect plan and will. It's the same. Right? And then the next verse, I love it. And never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. See, these things all go together. Sit down at the love feast, the joy feast, right? I'm just going to always be having a conversation with God. These are not hard things. In the middle of it, no matter what happens, it doesn't even really matter what happens. God's still good. God's still worthy of praise. God's still like, I mean, you've gotten to the point, surely, where anything that you used to think was bad luck or a bad thing, you realize it's an upgrade. We've all gotten there, right? If we could all get there. It would be great because that's his plan. That's his perfect plan is that he always wants to show off to reward you. So you get a flat tire, you just say, God, that's your flat tire. I don't know how you're going to fix that, but, you know, I'll just wait here till you do. I'll ask him, how do you want to fix that, right? Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's good, right? Let's keep reading. I love the passion guy. He says this. 
These are three areas that you must focus your life on. You ready? Unbounded joy. Where do you get joy from? In His presence. Are you lacking joy? You're focused more on the no. You're focused more on the circumstance than you are on Him. See, because God has unlimited joy. And why do we need joy? It does good like a medicine. What if 99% of your ailments could be solved with the medicine of joy? Do you even stay in His presence long enough to get to joy? Or do you make a phone call? I'm struggling. Clearly you're struggling. The struggle comes from because I haven't taught this soul of mine not to get its way which I feel so much better calling somebody. I feel so much better if I could just call you up and tell you all my woes of today, like a whole list of stuff people did me wrong today. I would just, how many, don't raise your hand, my choleric friends. How many of us just run around all day and people just do us wrong all day? Starts out driving to work and they cut us off. Go to get something at lunch and give us the wrong order. Go to work and the boss didn't notice I did something. I got here early, made him coffee, I did something special. Right? Isn't it funny how everything that we feel is how we view our expectations in life? If I go eat at a restaurant, they should be perfect. The other day we went to our favorite restaurant. And one of the things I don't like is when they burn the pizza crust. But you know what I did this time? I said, God changed my taste buds to like this burnt crust, and it was delicious. I thought instead of complaining, because my first thought was, send that back. (laughs) You see, we have more power to control things that are going on with us. I don't know if you're hearing me. Three areas, unbounded joy, praying continually, and giving thanks to God no matter what happens in life. These three virtues combine to form the wonderful expression of Christ's life within us. What's this month's focus? How does the world see Jesus in me? You want the world to see Jesus? It says the wonderful expression. Have you gotten yet that God is just... God just wants you to let Jesus express himself through you. That's what your container is for. You will get more joy out of letting Jesus express himself through you than the greatest hot fudge Sunday you can think of. Sorry, that's just what I'm not on right now. That whatever your greatest thing is. There's nothing, there's no pleasure on this human body in this life that trumps doing his will. In fact, doing his will more changes these desires to line up with him, which means I get more desire to do his will, to do, to desire what he desires. It just keeps filling me up and make, because see, all of those little desires that are from my flesh are the most immature level I can live at. A whole world out there is living at the most immature level it can because it's living by its own personal, sensual desires of its own soul. It can never be satisfied. 
we were at when we were at Breckenridge, you know, there's all these C B D places and I love to say, I'm getting me some of that cream. I'm getting me some of that honey. I'm getting me some of them eye drops. I'm getting me some of that toenail fungus cream with because why? Everything has got it in it now. Everything. I said, man, it is clearly the magic drug. It goes in a cream, it goes in as nose spray, it goes into shampoo, it goes into lotion, it goes into everything. <laughs> What's going on? Why? Why is it happening? Because there's misery. It helps you sleep, helps you not sleep. Well, I don't know about that one. But it's just, I don't know much about <laughs> But <laughs> it's probably a sleep, is it a sleepy drug? I have to look at Pam because she knows I don't know. But the the point is, is that the world is miserable and we're looking for ways. That's why all these shops are popping up. How long How long you give them? I mean, everything's a fad. I give it a 10 years. In 10 years, there's going to be CBD signs everywhere and nobody's going to be open anymore. You know why? They're going to discover it didn't fix it. It's in here. It's a problem with my soul. Can't be fixed by a cream or a pill. Can't be fixed by an eyedropper, toe fungus droplet. It can't. Because the thing it desires is to do the will. That's what God designed every human. Every human is designed to desire to want to do his will. Every single human. It never will change. Let's turn to Hebrews 13. I love this verse too. 13.21. Let's just read 20 for fun, okay? This is, this is an apostolic blessing. Blessing. <laughs> there ain't no need for that G. The apostolic blessing. Yeah. <laughs> now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead Jesus. Yeah. Just a cool line right there, isn't it? Yeah. All your peace came from the resurrected Jesus. Yeah. If he was still dead in the grave, you wouldn't have no peace. Yeah. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant, may he work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. And may he express through you. Listen to the ache of his heart today. He is wanting to express to the world that doesn't know him like you, not how you feel about a situation. Not that you have a headache today. Not that you don't like the weather. Not that you have allergies. Not that you have a pain. Not that you're, you know, your kids don't serve God. That he don't want. They don't want to know all that. See, everywhere you go, the person you're talking to needs an expression of Jesus. Do you believe that? Everywhere you go, that's your reason to be on the planet. That's why when we get all consumed with work or things that don't, it doesn't make any sense because Jesus is like, I'm trying to express something. You're just being like everyone else. May he express through you all that is excellent 
and pleasing to him. Right? I got to read it in the Amplify. May he equip you with every good thing to carry out his will. You're equipped. Isn't it weird? Like, I mean, think about, let's just think about a football. If football season started, so I was watching me a little football. I like me some football. Don't have time for that. But anyway, think about it. If you are a lineman, maybe I don't know this analogy. It may not be a good one, but, and you've got on, (laughs) and you've got on the running back pads. It's not good. Right? Because the running back, he just got on those slim pads. He's want to be agile. He wants to be fragile. He doesn't want to get stuck. He don't want you to grab nothing. He's got his slim tight. Right? They spray on his pads. Right? But alignment, he's trying to be big. He's got on the huge shoulder pads. You put those on a running back? No. See, he's equipped you. Do you understand that criticism is that? It's so weighty and big and bulky that you just you're not sleek and you're not you're not going through the line of life. You're just getting stuck on everything because you got the wrong pads on. We're wearing stuff from the world that wasn't stuff from God, and we can't do the will of God then. So may He equip you with every good thing to carry out His will. And strengthen, strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Let me just assure you that when I do his will, whenever I come into the knowledge of what all of his will is, what it all means, that's why he said, if my people... Would pray. What does he say then? He'll he will hear from heaven. I kind of I kind of look at it like this. He's in me. He's hoping I'll pray. He's hoping I'll open up a conversation. Because I have the power and authority on earth as the power vested in me. The power that's been vested in you is that you have power on earth to declare something, and it will be. We know this is true. That's how the earth operates. It needs a declarer. That's how the earth operates. When God created the earth, he hovered over the chaos and he spoke. That's how we know. So now he planted people here to speak. That's why we have to be so careful about what we speak. If I'm speaking outside his will, it still will get created. So all those little idle words, all those little things you're throwing around, what I speak comes to, tr- comes to pass. Are you with me? Yeah. And so he's equipped us. I forgot what I was going to say right there. So when he hovered over the earth, right, it was chaotic. When he places you in a place, it's chaotic. You should feel the chaos. The chaos of it should drive you to seek, to be equipped, 
to change it. Are you with me? And see, what happens is his favor flows through those that do the will. Because they've been entrusted. You know, Cheryl's a great example of this. You know, when I met them, I remember one time they drove somewhere in this car they had. And I was like, I remember coming home to Lynn. And I was like, they, no, these kids, these are our kids. We can, we've got to tell them they cannot. That is the one thing is you have to have a good pony. Because your pony gets you everywhere to do the will. And so... You know, I, we just begin to just breathe. Now, now listen, nothing changed, but she just decided to become a teller. She didn't say, okay, I think I'm going to go be the manager. I'm going to own MidFirst Bank one day. She didn't say that. She just needed enough to get him a pony. But listen, as she's there, she begins to see, I can transform this. I can bring my favor here. Is it yucky? Is it chaotic? I remember one of the places where she was at, it was rough. There was a rough, and I remember we'd have conversation after conversation. Okay, listen, this is just training ground. See, it was her acceptance. She could have said, nope, I'm out of here. I didn't feel this when I ran my own business. I didn't have to deal with this person. I'm out of here, man. I don't want to do this. This is chaos. Of course it's chaos. Because the chaos fixer has just arrived. And see, what happens is, is that it begins to shape culture. If you could just ever get this. The transformation of me transforms what I'm around. And the people that she's interacted with, she would never have met them any other way. And so I, she's bringing her transformation to transform something that God said, I grant you the power vested in you has the authority to change that situation. Two more verses, I'm done. Let's look at 1 John 3. I'm trying to decide how many verses I want to read. You know, I always want to read the whole chapter, but we don't have time. Let's just start with 20, okay? Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty... And remind us of our failures. We know. Say we know. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor. Say you know this. Yeah. Say dude you know this. We know that God is much greater. What did I start out with today? The criticism. The weights. The ignorance. Yeah. You know if you could just learn to say. Man. Some ignorant people raised me. <laughs> they had no earthly idea who I was. I love Sibbo's analogy. They were over on the peewee field, and I was meant to be in the major leagues, and they never knew it. 
I mean, most of y'all, most of y'all are doing nothing like what you were raised to do. And if you are doing something similar, you're doing it way different. Right? But we're, we haven't arrived. We're not there yet. Some of us, I mean, we got so much more. Right? It depends on our our excitement to participate. Says God is much greater and more merciful than our own conscience. Hello. God, your own conscience. So we so now we're taking care of the critical people. It's so good, I know. We're taking care of the critical people. And guess where I learned to criticize myself? Within my own conscience. Don't you hate that? Have you ever gotten over even just like a little body image thing? And you're like, going, why was I, why was I doing that to that thing? Trying to hide it or color it or wax it or something. <laughs> right? Why? Because we were taught. You're not good like you are, girl. Our girls and their hair. I mean, Jack Boone finally got some freedom. I got some freedom. I mean. Verse 21. My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us. There's some hope for some of y'all. My heart doesn't condemn me. You know, I mean, your shooty spent in Black Hartville. I was like, you know, it's never going to be true. You can search for that black heart. I mean, she'd be shining that flashlight around. We'd be all looking over there. What are you seeing? What does it feel like? Well, wait, there is nothing there. Have you got there yet? You've been bringing friends over with your frat. Come here, look at this horrible thing. Look, let's all look. <laughs> and they're all like, I can't see that. <laughs> People with body image do that. Yes. Hey, look at these. What do you think about these? This is what I always say. I always say, well, what do you see? Because <laughs> I see that thing I always see, and it's good to me. I don't know. Do you see something different today? Because you have on those. Come on. Do you understand that's all from the enemy? So here's the hope. When our hearts don't condemn us anymore, that means that there will be a day. Look at me. There'll be a day when your heart's not going to condemn you anymore for all those little weird things that someone just you know, thought was different about you. I could pick out a bunch of y'all in here. I know your stories about what people told you about you. They were, it was just never true. I don't know why you want to believe it. It's just a hindrance to you. It doesn't even hinder me. When our hearts don't condemn us, we have bold freedom to speak to God face to face. What does that tell you this? What's in the way? My own criticism of my own heart. 
That's the only thing, y'all, in the way of being face-to-face. When you bring up to him all the stuff you've done, and he's already forgotten from the east to the west, and he's like, can we just not have a conversation? Have you ever had anybody like that, that you're just trying to have a conversation? I used to have a friend, and she would say to me when I would get together for lunch, all she would talk about the whole, whole time is how that she hadn't seen me in so long. And I was thinking, you're seeing me now. We could talk face-to-face right now. We could talk about something else besides the fact that you're mad that I haven't talked to you in so long. Or we could just talk about that. And that's what we would do. Guess what happened? We quit going to lunch. She clearly had nothing else to talk to me about. That's how I feel. I mean, it may be weird to y'all, but like if I get together with somebody and they just want to complain to me, I probably don't see them a lot because I've got stuff on my heart to talk about. I love Aaron. Aaron's my favorite person. He, he just wants to drink in wisdom. He's just like, he is just a learner. And I love that because why? I have something to say. I have something to say to him. I ain't going to be here as long as he's going to be here. And I want to give him all my stuff. So if our hearts don't condemn us, we have bold freedom to speak to God face to face. And then, say and then, turn to your neighbor and say, this is the exciting part. Are you ready? Fix the climax right here. Whatever we ask of him, we will receive it. Because we keep his commands. See, it's already a done deal that I'm keeping his commands if my heart doesn't condemn me. That's the indicator that your heart doesn't condemn you anymore is that you're doing what he says. And I love this. And by our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to him. I think that sounds like my motives have changed. My intentions, my beautiful intentions. My beautiful intentions. Come, Shudy. So so today, in closing, I'm just going to give us an opportunity to practice what I'm preaching today. And I love this last verse. It says, those who believe, this is 1 John 5.10, those who believe in the Son of God have the living testimony in their hearts. Those who don't believe have made God out to be a liar by not believing in the testimony God has confirmed about His Son. This is the true testimony that God has given us eternal life And this life has its source in the sun. So let's just stand together. And I just think today, I just wanted to give us just a few minutes, just an opportunity today. You know, I've just laid out some, some really amazing things from his heart today that, that we really want to leave here with the right heart posture, but going into this 21 day fast and just, I really want us right now, just as a tribe, to just do what I said, to just ask Him what to ask Him. And, and before you do that, I just I want to say that I feel like God told me that He was going to give some of you a 21-day focus. And remember how amazing God is. It's not going to be about you. <laughs> Your 21-day focus is not going to be about you. That's cool, right? Your 21-day focus is going to be what's on His heart. 
And so let's just do that just while she plays. I'm going to have Lynn come up and she has a little word to read over us and she can close us out in prayer. But just before we go today, let's just ask him that question. Just say, Papa, I just ask you what you want me to ask you right now. then just keep asking that question but so Papa we just we just thank you for this nugget today that we can hang on to for this 21 days we can make it our focus because you know you are the one that called this fast you're the one that called us into this and so today we want to say that we want to do your will above all we want to ask you Instead of asking out of our own way and our own will, we want to ask you. And so since we've done that today, we just trust you. Can you just tell him you trust him? So come on, Lynn. She's going to read her word over us and dismiss us in prayer. Your world has so many limitations. It has a framework it works in, but you see, I've called you to break the framework. I've called you water walkers. I've called you giant killers. I've called you mine and my ambassadors. I've called you to break through limitations and reveal my heart. Will my people surrender their fears to lay hold of my dreams? Will they surrender the ways and weights of the world to dream with me? I've called you my ambassadors for a reason. It's so you know that where your feet goes, you mark a place where the limitations of the world do not exist your feet mark a place where there's a divine encounter awaiting will you be blinded by limitations and lack or will you focus your eyes into the realm of the spirit and see where I dwell will you see all that's available to you I have heavenly resources. I have heavenly treasures awaiting you. I have encounters awaiting you. X marks the spot and you're the X. So daddy, I pray over our hearts today. Daddy, whenever you call us an ambassador, You're saying that we represent a different government, a different system. And so, Daddy, I pray today that we will fully take it in on what that means. That we're not marked by pain and disappointment and regret and guilt and shame, but we're marked 
as your ambassador, as your representative, representing the will of the Father. So, Daddy, I'm asking today that, that in each heart that will become so hungry to know what's on your heart, to know what you want, to know what you want us to pray about. What do you want from us, Daddy? May we won't be so self-satisfying and self-gratifying, but we really learn to lay down, to have your way in us. So I bless this next 21 days. And I mark it as a great turnaround. And I say that the things that once used to be so captivating begins to fade in the distance. May we become so in love with surrendering that we forget what selfishness was like. our wills daddy to line up with your will help our wills yield to your will Holy Spirit help change our desires give us the want to give us the gift of the want to and plant in us a hunger and a desire to want to. So I just speak to our spirits and I say, Spirit man, rise up. Rise up, Spirit man. Rise up and take your place. May our souls be under our spirits. Daddy, we thank you for this word. And I bless the word over our hearts. I bless Tisa. Thank you, Daddy, for feeding us today. We won't go away and forget. But we remember. So we just love you today. We love you. We love everything that you are. Get who you are. And remember as you are talking to him about what to fast and pray for. Remember to not count the cost. Simple obedience.
That's good. That's good. So if you can, remember Zoom at noon, Monday through Friday. Join with your community. You're born for such a time as this. That's pretty exciting. There's something he wants to birth in you. Only you can do it. He put it in you, designed it for you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Love you all. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay